time for this week's edition of the Source Weekly Update. Hot off the press and into your ear. Every week, found wherever you get audio. And now, let's take a look at some of the highlights from this week's Source Weekly, Volume 24, Issue 7, dated February 13th. First up, from our sound section. Naughty by nature is timeless. As the legendary hip-hop trio comes to bend, let's admire the group for more than just OPP. By Isaac Beale. Rap music has changed immensely since its inception, and just in the last few years, a shift has occurred in what becomes popular. But even in a genre that continues to evolve on the daily, there's no doubt about the classic groups that continue to reign supreme. And naughty by nature? The definition of classic. Here's a rundown of some of the best naughty by nature songs that aren't OPP or hip hop hooray. Yoke the Joker. The opener to the group's debut album, Yoke the Joker, is a straight rhyming clinic for four minutes. This is one of the darkest songs in all of NBN's discography, with raps from Treach like, You ain't ready for the Freddy of rap. You can't kill me. I step into your dreams, you feel me? And a closing line of, Ain't it amazing what some paper plus a pen and tongue can do? It was clear the group meant business, putting this as the first song on its debut album. Wickedest Man Alive Taking on some reggae influence with this one, Wickedest Man Alive shows off the pure fun a Naughty by Nature song can have. With an assist from mentor Queen Latifah, this is a prime example of how NBN used pop sensibility to its advantage when making music. Thanks for sleepwalking. Opening with, I got more damn time than I got money, honey. The song is a dedication to all the people trying to get close to the group's members because of their money. With a spectacular beat headed by the piano, Thanks for Sleepwalking sounds effortless in comparison to other NBN tracks, but this one is loose and enjoyable to the highest degree. Craziest I'd be very surprised if NBN didn't perform Craziest at Winterfest this weekend. It's got the perfect chorus for a live show, easy and fun to echo out into the night. Here's hoping we hear, Bend Homies Are the Craziest, shouted from the stage. Feel Me Flow This is one for me. Feel Me Flow feels like the whole crew is showing off for the entire neighborhood on a hot summer afternoon and just rapping. I can vividly picture the ice cream melting off the cone as the kids gather around to hear. It's simply good times and good energy, with Treach doing what he does best. Naughty by Nature, Saturday, February 15th, 8 p.m., Oregon Winterfest in the Old Mill District. Next up, from our news desk, Homeless Camp Evictions. The City of Bend plans to remove the people who live on Juniper Ridge. But where will they go? By Laurel Bronze. Eviction is sometimes caricatured as a cruel act by fat cat landlords, pushing low-income families out into the bitter cold in the dead of winter. But what happens when the landlord is the public itself, in the form of the City of Bend, and the people being forced out already live outside? During the February 5th Penn City Council meeting, the city's attorneys presented a draft of the policy they wrote to remove the people living in 50 or so camps scattered throughout Juniper Ridge on the northeast side of Bend. The city is building Phase 2 of the North Interceptor Sewer Line project that will eventually connect a sewer pipe from O.B. Riley Road from the west to the Bend Water Reclamation Facility to the east. The city wants to start constructing the part that runs through Juniper Ridge in April 
and city leaders say for safety reasons, the people living near the planned construction need to move. The city council tasked city attorneys with creating a humane policy due to, according to the draft policy documents, the social nature of this complex transition. The draft states that police will give the people at Juniper Ridge 60-day, 30-day, and 24-hour notices to vacate the property before forcibly removing them. The policy also states the city will allow outreach workers to visit the camping site, where a notice has been posted to assess the need for social service assistance in arranging shelter and other assistance. While the policy applies to all 1,500 acres of the city-owned land, Assistant City Attorney Ian Lighthizer said he was not able to provide a clear answer as to whether this means the city will just enforce the removal near the construction area and allow people to simply relocate farther north onto the additional 1,000 acres of Juniper Ridge, or if this means they'll be forced off the entire property. Managing a property as vast as Juniper Ridge is time and labor intensive, and we always need to make choices about how and where to apply finite resources, Lighthizer told the source in an email. While I'm not the operations person, I anticipate the focus of the efforts this spring will be on the construction zone, the 500 acres. And finally, from ArtWatch, our arts column. Burning Man in Ben's High Desert. Exhibition sheds light on unique festival set in the Nevada desert by T. Fly Peterson. For those who've wondered what inspires someone to tow trailers and tutus into the Nevada desert for eight days at the end of August every year for Burning Man, now's the chance to understand it. The High Desert Museum brings this unique annual event and the creative forces behind it into perspective with the exhibit Infinite Moment, Burning Man on the Horizon. Along with some fun interactive art pieces, the exhibition lays out a fundamental understanding of the cultural phenomenon happening since 1986. The high desert is such an important part of the experience of Burning Man, and we want to connect people to the land and what to experience in it, says curator Laura Ferguson. The main room of the exhibition give one the feeling of being on the playa, the center of Burning Man's Black Rock City, with its interactive multimedia sculptures. That includes light chimes from Portland Sticky & Company, as well as original pieces created by the Burning Man curation team. The exhibition will be on display until October, with several events running on conjunction with it, including a lecture with representative of the Burning Man Project on April 30th, and a presentation by Portland-based photographer Stuart Harvey, whose work spans 30 years of Burning Man. Harvey is also the brother of Burning Man founder, Larry Harvey. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Source Weekly Podcast. Be sure to pick up your free copy of the Source Weekly wherever you find yourself in Central Oregon or log on to our website, bensource.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Sam Scholl.